Today's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to head over to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports content. The NBA offseason has arrived. Welcome back to Hail Marys and Hoops. My name is Jeff Pratt. I'm joined once again by Anton Lee and Jeremy Guerin, who is back from vacation. Jeremy, how are you feeling and are you ready to talk some NBA? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, As always, vacation was not nearly as long as I was hoping it to be. If I could, it'd be a lot longer. Maybe add a couple weeks, even a couple months. But you know what? NBA is over, so now we're officially into the NBA offseason which, for what it's worth, I don't love the NBA Finals as a general general event. I will watch certain sporting events so much uh, so much more frequently. Like, I'll watch the World Series more than I'll watch the Finals. So the offseason, to me, is more compelling than the actual games are as soon as you get to the end of the playoffs. Okay, so I love, I do love the NBA Finals, but I agree that the offseason is a very underrated part of the NBA year, you know, especially this year. Because uh, I tweeted this out earlier, you've got Summer League around the corner. The draft is less than 10 days away. Free agency's right after that, and then we got the Olympics this year. So this is nonstop in terms of the NBA offseason. We're really not going to get a break here. But anyway, uh, as we were talking about the finals, the Bucks have officially won them, coming back down 2-0 to win four straight games. Giannis, he was obviously the finals MVP, dropping a 50-bomb in the championship clinching game. I want to ask you guys right now, where does Giannis Antetokounmpo rank all time? He's a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and now an NBA champion and an NBA Finals MVP at just 26 years old. Anton, I'm going to throw it to you first, then I'll go, and we're going to save Jeremy for last because, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, he hates everyone, so his take <laughs> should be a little bit lower than ours. Anton, welcome back to the show as always and go for it. Thank you for having me again, Jeff. Um, I, you know, here's a, here's a very tricky question, right? Where does Giannis rank all time? He's has, I mean, he pretty much completed a, uh, a, his resume at 26 and that's probably the most impor- uh, important thing. He's a, you know, defensive player of the year, two MVPs, ring, finals MVP. So it's tough to rank him, right? Um, because he's so young and he has so many years ahead of him. So, if I had to rank him, it would definitely not be in the top ten. I don't think you can. I don't think you can move anyone aside in the pantheon up there. And I, I think you know of some of the more modern players. You know, is he better than Kawhi? I don't know. Okay, is he better than KD? Probably not. Um, but if I had to put him anywhere, I would say it's probably, but probably after KD, but ahead of Steph Curry. So I'm going to say Giannis is probably somewhere, wow. somewhere between wow. 13 and 14. I'm just, I'm honestly shocked. Did you did you just say behind Kevin Durant, but ahead of Steph Curry? 100%. So are you insinuating that Kevin Durant is ahead of Steph Curry in your one, all-time rankings? One million percent, yes. Oh my God. That's another conversation we're going to have to have entirely. This is, the, but, uh, this is All the, right, so, so any, anyway, moving on. From that, we'll come back to that after Jeremy talks. But um, because Jeremy and I have had a conversation specifically about the two of them and where they should rank all time. Uh, give me a number, because you you were kind of talking about like obviously he's not top ten. Give me a number. I'll say I'll say fifteen. 
Okay. Um, he lands right in like the low 20 range for me. For me, his, uh, his resume, you look at guys like Dwayne Wade who kind of hang around in that same area. He's better than D. Wade, in my opinion now. Um, and Dwayne Wade had a phenomenal career. But Giannis, as you said, his resume right now, he's 26 years old. Uh, it's complete. I was talking about this with my dad earlier. He might have the second best resume of a 26-year-old ever. Obviously, Bill Russell's number one. At this point in his career, he's got like four championships. It's Bill Russell. Yeah. One of the most unique careers of all time. But he's ahead of guys like Dwayne Wade. Uh, he's not ahead of Steph Curry. That's a ridiculous take. No, Steph Curry revolutionized not. the game. Best shooter of all time. Uh, more championships, etc. Zero finals. And I think, he, I think his career right now is kind of on par with like Charles Barkley. Because, you know, he's got one champion. No. Not one champion. He's got, he's got one championship. Barkley never won one. But he's an MVP. You think he's better than Barkley? Yeah, Barkley was never three-time all-defensive oh. first team, defensive player Barkley was a f- – oh, man, you're underrating how good Barkley was defensively. He Okay, um, sure, just, he was – I guess he was underrated, but he's not like first – he's not defensive player of the year. Giannis actually won that. That's different. All right. Five-time Jeremy, all-star? I'm going to do some now. research while we're talking. Jeremy, go into this. This should, this should be interesting. Go for it. I mean, 15th, Anton? Yeah, that's pretty Jeez. crazy. Jeez. I mean, no, no, no. Low 20s, Jeff? No. Jeez. <laughs> Both pretty bad. Bad. Um, I'll go, I'll say I'll say he's 30 to 40, Ooh. somewhere around there. First of all, he's 26. So let's leave him some room to grow, guys. I don't know why you're putting him so high. when If he's going to go and surpass guys that are in the top 10, he's got to win at least three rings. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's, that's not, it's not even debatable. You have to win at least three to get into the top 10. By putting him at low 20s, we'll call it 23, 24, and uh, 15, where has he got to go? Into the low teens. If he wins something else, you have to you have to give him some. You have to give him a ceiling to go and hit. And as far as I'm concerned, I am giving him that because let's face it, he's only 26, so he does have some somewhere that he can go. Um, but I mean, has he proven that he can do it for as long as a guy like Dwayne Wade could? No, he's still got to get there. So I'm not going to go and say, okay, at, at wh- however old he is now, 26, because we keep talking about that number, he's automatically one of the 25 greatest players in NBA history. I, I couldn't say that. I'd have, at first, I'd have to look it up. Second of all, I just think that off the top of my head, I could probably name 25 guys that I take ahead of him. Even some of the dinosaurs of the game that played in, like, the 60s, they had, I mean, full careers, first of all, and B, they were – they were the star on their team for a long time. Giannis has been the star on his team for maybe three years. He could barely make the playoffs uh, like three years ago when he lost to the Celtics in seven games. He got upset by Kawhi. Then he lost in the second round and choked away against the Heat last year. So, yeah, I you could argue that this season has been a season of opportunity for a lot of teams, specifically the two teams that were in the finals. But... I'm not going to say that Giannis is a top 30 player, let alone a top 25 player, which I think is that extra echelon. And the the way that I do it, I go top three is one echelon, top 10, top 25, top 50. So that top 25 thing is big for me, and I'm not going to put him there. It's just not – It's he has not earned even close to that yet. Okay, so I, I understand what you're saying, and I knew this was coming from you. Um, you – you love the old guys. But I do think you're putting a little bit too much stress on longevity. It was the first point you went to. Uh, so let me throw out a couple of players then, Jeremy. And you tell me if you think uh, Giannis has had a better resume than them. Because my response to your point about longevity is you don't have to have 
as much longevity if you already have a Hall of Fame career in terms of a resume. And Hall of Fame is a different conversation entirely. Because that's okay. That thank you for bringing that up. That this was one of my questions. You said that his resume is complete. When you say complete, complete for what? You need to have a resume if you're going to submit it somewhere. What is I his think, resume I think when complete I was, for? When I said that, I really meant more like. Both of you. It's well, not just I, you. Okay, Antoine. I guess it's, it's both of you. I, both of you both said that. So. All right. I guess if I had to say his resume is complete, if you are an and if you're like a normal NBA player, you probably have some awards or some accolades that you probably aspire to acquire one day, right? It's like I want an NBA champion, uh, NBA championship. I want a Finals MVP. I want a Defensive Player of the Year. I want to make first team All NBA, right? And he's done all those things at age 26, right? Those are some of the highest awards you can get as an NBA player in today's game. And, you know, he has it, right? So if you're looking at, you know, does, so so now it's just adding to his greatness. He doesn't need those things anymore. You know, there's like the knock on LeBron that he's never won a defensive player of the year or even been on like a first team all, all defensive team, right? So I think what I meant by his resume being complete, it was in the sense that he has some of the best awards and achievements you can possibly get at such a young age. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and, and that's pretty much how I would describe it, too. Because, I mean, like I said, you look at this age. Who has done what Giannis has done at 26 years old besides Bill Russell, and who obviously did more um, in terms of, like... How old was MJ? At 20? He didn't, he, didn't MJ win All-Star Game MVP? All-Star Game? The All, are, you, are we going to act like All-Star <laughs> Game? Was NBA, was NBA MVP and Defensive Player of the Year all in the same season at age 25? Are we all going to act... It's Michael Jordan. First of all, we're talking about the greatest player of all time. Yeah, he's the second guy. of all. So so you said sure. Were t- you sure. said that you, you said there were two people who had done it, and it was Giannis and Bill Russell. I am simply inserting. Sure, another sure. He might. Any. He, he might. He's not two players. He might that have be done there. This. Sure. Michael Jordan might be there. The greatest basketball player of all time at that point might have done that. But don't bring up an All Star Game MVP yeah, and come talk on to now, me come like on it's now. worth something. I also, I also, I also think it. Well, no. It just proves how consistently great you are if you can win the real MVP, the All Star Game MVP. <sighs> The defensive player of the year, the scoring title, all of those in Isn't, the same season. I mean, it's probably the greatest single season anyone has ever had. And didn't still Will average fifty? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you do? You average fifty? <laughs> could you could you defend a plumber? I don't, don't want to hear That's about the plumbers. I've seen these conversations. You look at like the average height of NBA players back then compared to now. It's like one inch shorter. He's not going out there against. Plumbers. And also, every NBA player back then had a side job. Yeah, and also the the MVP, the, the All Star game used to be like I think had more of like a respect pride element to it back in the eighties and nineties. So maybe Michael was playing as hard as he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Hard. But but, but today it's just like the All Star game is just kind of for fun. So I mean, are you really gonna knock Giannis for not having the Finals MVP? If you, is that what you're gonna? If you if you really wanna if you really wanna knock an argument into this Giannis thing, it's this: players didn't go one and done like they do now back then. So any stat that they have by age 26, you could argue for the players back then would be the equivalent of what they would have when they were 29 or 30 because they had four years in college unable to accumulate the stats when they were at the peak of their athletic abilities from ages, call it 19 to 22 or so. Because that's when a lot of these players are really bright, like Ja. Look at Ja. He's, he's putting up massive numbers. And he's what, 21, 22? Tatum is 23. He's been in the league for five years or so, it feels like. Um, yeah, but I mean, jo- Jordan like this. came after a second year in college. So it's okay. like guys didn't go one and done, but it was more often than you're saying. But we're talking too much about Giannis. No, it <laughs> yeah, wasn't. Yeah. No, how many how many players uh, went out after two years or one I'd year? Say a, I'd say a decent amount of them. 
I, I disagree. <laughs> right. I, I think that the majority, the difference is the majority back then took three or four years. Now the majority goes in one or two. Most of the, you could say the majority only does it in one. Yeah. That's now if, you, if you're the, if you're in the, co- um, if you're in college for four years, it's like no one wants to draft you. No one wants to draft you. It's a you. death yeah. sentence for your NBA draft stock. It's a death That's sentence. True. Look at, look at Josh Hart. He's a perfect example. He was a really good player for Villanova. He led them. He was a good scorer, and he could defend a little bit, and he earned, I think, the 28th overall pick, and that was considered really good. Jalen Brunson. Ooh, Brunson's yeah, nice. He's a really solid Brunson's NBA nice. player. Exactly. But they, they undervalued him because I would have drafted him in the top 20 because I saw what he did. He won the Wooden Award. He was really good. He was a four-year pro, I think, for Villanova. Again, instrumental in both of their championship runs, and he was a second-round pick. They just don't, they value the fact that you can get guys for more years at a younger age now, so they're only going to draft the one and done guys for the most part. And Giannis, like it or not, is a byproduct of that. I mean, he's got more time in the NBA to build up his body for it. By the time he's 26, it's a little bit easier for him than it would be for a 26 year old Larry Bird, who was only in the year for four, league for four years by that point. But I believe by age 27 and 28, he won two MVPs and he already had a couple of rings by then too. So if you really want to go extend the argument, you can throw Larry Bird. All right, Bird all right. We're done talking about Giannis. Uh, and I will admit that I don't have the stats in front of me, Jeremy, about players going one and done. But I, I am sure that obviously more players now go one and done or even two years uh, i'm i'm uh, yeah i'm 100 uh sure that you're right there we're gonna move on from Giannis. He, despite all the things that jeremy has said to bring him down so far in this episode phenomenal season he deserved to be a champion deserved to be the finals mvp great year for him uh i wish him nothing but the best in the future let's see if the bucks can come back and do it again if, if everyone in the east is healthy i have my doubts i think we all do we're gonna move on to their opponents specifically their best player or their second best player in the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul, uh, who, as we talked about in a prior episode, he's going to opt out of his contract worth north of $40 million. Uh, he wants a new three-year deal worth around 90, uh, 95 mil. It's a little bit more than $30 million a year. DeAndre Aiden and Mikael Bridges, they're both up for extensions. We know Aiden's going to get that rookie max. Mikael Bridges wants something around 20 to $25 million a year. Do you think Chris Paul stays in Phoenix? Jeremy, since I came to you last, we'll go first for you this time. Um, No, I don't think he stays in Phoenix. It's bad to say in the moment, but it might be the best thing to happen to the Phoenix Suns that they lost like this. Because I would say that Chris Paul was the main reason that they lost this series in six games, specifically after going up two Man, games. To how can how can this be? He the is best your ball handler. He is your floor general. He is your quote unquote best player, and he choked away not only game which one was game five was the the dunk game where he just turned the ball over for no reason at all, just flubbed it, and then Giannis got that massive dunk at the end. Um, he, he was not good. He was not good in this series at all. Uh, I said Devin Booker was going to disappear. Uh, he showed up more than Chris Paul did, which isn't saying much. But I, I think by the end of it, there was no fight left in the Suns team. I was texting in the group chat yesterday that I, I, I said the game was done when Middleton hit that gigantic three. I, or Holiday hit that huge three. And it was because I saw no fight from the Suns. They didn't really seem like they wanted it. They weren't going to go and get another lead again after choking away a seven-point lead to start the second half. You just knew it was over. And I think that if the Suns are smart, they go after Aiden and re-sign him early. You go and see if you can get Bridges to take a little bit of a discount. Even if he won't, you go and sign him. And you let Chris Paul walk. Because wow. point guards, at the end of the day, are the most replaceable position in basketball. And I would like them to go and get 
any sort of point guard to replace him because Chris, what Chris Paul did was he just showed that, you know, Devin Booker can lead a team. Chris Paul just had to show him how to do it. And once he gets there, he'll be fine. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, they're going to lock up in, as I said, right away. So that's uh, that's not an issue for them. He's going to sign that rookie max extension. And then Bridges is a little bit more difficult, but, you know, he's under team control. He's an RFA. So I think that they will get something done there. I agree that uh, with Chris Paul, it's a little tricky, especially with the amount of money he's asking for, his age at this point. Anton, do you think the Suns bring him back? I mean, like I said before uh, – the se- before the finals even started, I was pretty sure that this was the closest that Chris Paul was ever going to get to winning the finals. Agreed. Um, and it's pretty clear that I don't think he'll get there again with this with this Phoenix team. So if he wants to win a ring, I say he's got to leave. Um, and the thing is with Chris is that people were saying, oh, maybe he's tired. Maybe, you know, when he, he, he was having a really bad time with, like, turning the ball over. Uh, and he just wasn't shooting very well. And my thing is, I want to feel bad for Chris Paul. I really do. You know, he's like, he's been a guy who's been cursed, right, his whole life. And there's that stat that's been going around that says, oh, you know, Chris Paul is the first player in league history to to blow four 2-0 leads. But if you mean if you look into that for like a second, you realize that it's pretty false, right? 2008, that's like prime Duncan and the Spurs. You're not going to beat them. One one series is like uh, Blake Griffin gets hurt in games four and, and doesn't play anything in four and five. And then... Chris Paul gets hurt another, right? But this one is an especially hard-to-remove stain for Chris Paul, right? You know, you can you can say it's the injury. You can say it's, uh, you know, the fatigue or whatever. But, you know, he's caught a lot of bad breaks in his, in his time, but this was just him, right? This was all him. He just really – there was just some really sloppy turnovers, like just weird moments where he just lost the ball. I'm like, is this Chris Paul, the point god? I'm so I just I don't want to live off I don't want to live off the hook like that and a lot of things fell his way this uh, you know this post we've talked about it before how easy his run through the West was right all the teams he played in the playoffs they weren't or they didn't have their best player but now you know he had a 2-0 lead and things were really going his way and all it took was the Bucks taking away the corner three from the Suns and that's and then just everything fell apart. So Chris Paul wasn't the guy. He wasn't able to lift his team up. Um, and, you know, Jeremy's right. I mean, Jeremy, honestly, he's like the Terminator when it comes to these takes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how easy it is to replace Chris Paul. But if I were the Suns, I would do the exact same thing Jeremy said. Sign Aiden, sign Mikhail Bridges, let Chris Paul walk. Yeah, we're three for three here. And, and I'm going to be a little nicer to Chris Paul uh, than Jeremy was. I, I mean, I think he's an all-time <laughs> legend. Obviously, very unfortunate that he came up short because I do think this was his last chance to win a ring unless he takes a significant pay cut and goes to the Lakers, which it sounds like could be a possibility. And that is terrifying uh, in its own right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're Phoenix, you got to lock Aiden up. He's a cornerstone for you guys. Uh, we talk about this often, but I mean, DeAndre Aiden was taken number one overall in a draft class ahead of Luka Doncic and Trey Young, but you still can't say that he was a bad number one overall pick, which is just, it shows how impressive that Aiden has been throughout his career to this point in his own right. But you got to lock him up. I think Mikael Bridges, uh, he's really long. Uh, he's a really good two-way player. He's going to be a key part of their future. And Chris Paul, as of right now, as you said, Jeremy, you know, they brought him in. He taught Devin Booker how to lead. Now let this be Booker's team again. 
completely. Now that he's got the experience of making a deep playoff run, let him do it again. Save your money. Uh, explore other avenues in the next couple of years to bring in that third star. But for now, just roll it back with your supporting cast that you got and let Chris Paul walk. All right. So all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, wait, wait, hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on real quick. I just okay. had an idea. This just occurred to me because I wanted to make the argument to bury Chris Paul oh a little bit God. more. Um, I, so I went and looked up his, his playoff numbers from this final series. He averaged 21.8 points per game, shot 55% from the field, uh, eight assists per game, just under a steal per game, and then three and a half turnovers, which is yeah, the main tough. thing here. So I was like, I was what I was going to say before looking at the numbers was, you can find another guy to go and give you that, but that's not true because twenty one point eight points is very hard to replace yeah. per game, especially in the finals. So then I then I think, what what is Chris Paul known for? He's known for turning around teams that look like they have bad leadership. He's he's known for turning around franchises that look like they're going to go into a rebuild that have really exciting young pieces. You know what could be interesting? And if you really want to swap that, do that 20-point-per-game swap, sign and trade Chris Paul to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell. Mm. And and, and pair D'Lo with Devin Booker. Let Chris Paul go and lead with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. A lot of Anthonys. (laughs) Um, And then you get Booker, Ayton, Bridges, and... D'Angelo Russell as your leading scorers, maybe with a Mikael Bridges. So on paper, well. that that's great, right? But we know for a fact that there might not be a closer pair of people in the NBA than D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. They are best, best friends. Yeah, you know how you know how close they got. They lost thirty five straight. And he games didn't play most like of them. D- and D'Angelo wow, Russell close. didn't play most of them. The point is, listen. Yeah, they, they snuggled on the bench a little bit. We while they know lost that Minnesota games. right now they, they're a sinking ship. We all agree. Despite the talent they have, they're a sinking ship. A-Rod and company, they're going to move that team to Seattle, hopefully. I think, fingers crossed, every NBA fan wants to see that. But right now, if you are the front office in Minnesota, you have to do whatever it takes to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. You have to do that because he's the only thing that's keeping your uh, franchise. He's Why? Only, he's the only thing besides Anthony Edwards that's keeping your franchise from not setting the single-season loss record. Right? They just got They just got another guy. They got another guy who can put up some numbers. They got another guy that makes Carl Anthony Towns trade no, bait but, if you really want to mm. go and get somebody. Because if Drew Holiday fetched five first-round picks, Carl Anthony Towns can get you seven. <sighs> Paul George got you seven first-round picks. You don't think Carl Anthony Towns could go get you seven first-rounders, including pick swaps and straight pick See, I'm gives? Not, I'm not I think thinking he could. like that. I'm thinking about building around the young core you already have. But let's move on from the two teams that just played in the NBA Finals. Really get into the offseason here. We're going to both uh, We're gonna take a, t- a look at each conference each one of us quickly is going to give uh, one team from each conference that we think is going to be a major player this offseason. It doesn't have to be the team we think will be the biggest player, but a major player. And we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. Anton, I'll throw it to you first. I mean, I got to go with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, right? They're looking for someone to pair with Joel Embiid. They have one of the best assets this offseason in Ben Simmons. Um, they're looking to really you know, capitalize on this championship window they have open right now. And Beat has struggled with injuries in the past. You don't really know, you know, uh, how long he's gonna be able to keep up this this production, this level of play without getting hurt or anything. So, you know, I think a Dame and Embiid um, combo would be a fierce duo in the East. It would raise their offensive floor and ceiling massively, and you know that would really shake up the the face of the league if uh, Dame goes up, ends up going to the West, ends up going to the East. Um and contending with uh with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden in the in the East. 
Jerry? Uh, I got the Knicks. Simply for the fact that I think they're the most desperate team. Dolan demands results, and they finally got some last year. I think Thibodeau is in a position where he, he's he got some job security, so I think Leon Rose thinks that he can go out and get him an upgrade. They also have the fewest amount of pieces, which is what makes it interesting. They're the swing team because they have a lot of cap space, not a lot of assets. So I want to see what they do. The Knicks were the team I have pegged, but just looking at the landscape, I'll go with one more, and that's the Heat simply because Pat Riley is running that team. And we know he likes to make major moves. They had a really disappointing finish to last year. I know they ended the regular season strong, and then they obviously got swept by Milwaukee. And that was not the result they were hoping for or even expecting. Uh, I mean, it's tough for Heat fans right now because you look at the landscape of the league last year, you could have traded Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson for James Harden. And that probably would have made you good enough if Harden stays healthy to make the finals again. Maybe even win an NBA championship with how many people got hurt this year. Although we know one of those players was Harden. So uh, we don't know how far they would have gotten. But obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Everyone was expecting Tyler Hero to take another step. He did not. Took a step backwards in my opinion. So they're looking to make major moves. It sounds like they're willing to put him on the table to find that next piece. Duncan Robinson is going to command a lot of money as a restricted free agent. Um, so it's interesting to see what they can do with him. Bam Adebayo, we know he's out in Team USA right now. He's been working on his three. They're really hoping he can take the next step and become a good three-level scorer. But yeah, Pat Riley's running that team. They're going to make some moves at the very least. We'll see if they're big or not. All right, moving on to the Western Conference. We'll go in the opposite order. So I will jump in first. I got the Golden State Warriors just because they have so many potential routes they can take uh, in terms of what they're going to do. Obviously, they're in on the Damian Lillard rumors. He's from Oakland. Anton and I touched on this uh, for a long time in our emergency Damian Lillard podcast last week. Um, So he's got the Oakland ties. He fits the Warriors' timeline of win now, and you have the package to go out and get him. Throw them James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, your two lottery picks this year. And even if you don't get Dame, uh, it's rumored that they're trying to package pick number seven and pick 14 for a starting caliber player. And then we know the Warriors, they'll probably uh, make a decent splash in the mid-level exception market. It's Golden State. Everyone wants to play with Steph Curry. They've got a good roster, a lot of movable players, and a lot of avenues they can take. So I think the Warriors are going to be very active this year. Anton, did I go to you? No, I think uh, it's, yeah, I think I it's Jeremy. It's Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, go for it. I mean, it's the Warriors. They have the most assets. They have the decent amount of cap space. If they can trade Wiggins to make a contract work, it's the Warriors. It's not even close. All right, fair enough, Anton. You know, everyone's going to take my pick. I had the Warriors too, but... Your pick? I know, I know. I'm sorry. But, I, you know, if I had to, if I have to reconsider and I have to, like, actually... You know, I, w- I would pick the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, right? They have a reason. Mm-hmm. They got to keep Zion's family happy. He is there. You don't, you know... This is, this is not going to become Anthony Davis 2.0 as you famously put, Jeff. And, you know, they have the assets. They have the draft capital. Um, I think they're definitely in contention, maybe a, maybe more of a dark horse in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. So I have New Orleans uh, maybe making a big move this offseason. Yeah, I like that. I think that they are going to make a big move, as we touched on in the last podcast. they got to keep Zion happy. They don't want this to become Anthony Davis 2.0. So those are the six teams that or not even six teams, but we each gave our answers for who we think is going to be the biggest players this offseason. Now we're going to move on to some specific names. Guys, quickly, I'm going to run through three free agents and then two players who are on the trade block, and I want you to tell me where they end up and a little bit of a reason why. First off, Kawhi Leonard is coming off a partially torn ACL. 
We know that he's getting surgery like it's a fully torn ACL, so he will likely miss most of the regular season. And if he comes back for any of the regular season, we know he's not going to be 100%. When it comes to ACLs and knee injuries like that, it's usually 21 months until you're 100%. And he's on the wrong side of 30 now. Uh, so a little bit of concern, but we saw what happened with KD and the Achilles tear. So I'm sure teams are still going to give him the max. Anton, where does Kawhi land? You know, I, I, I'd like to think that maybe Kawhi goes somewhere else, just maybe shake up the landscape of the league and be pretty interesting. Maybe it would be kind of fun to see him in Dallas, but quite honestly, I kind of see him most likely ending up uh, in, in, uh, back in Los Angeles with the Clippers. I feel like if he goes somewhere else, it's more or less a lateral move. Um, you know, and if he does go to like maybe a team like Dallas, uh, which has the cap space and stuff like that, it would just send the signal that he doesn't want to be the guy, right? He wants to kind of defer to Luka into some sense. Um, maybe the Heat, but I don't know. I think his best option is just to stay, take the $36 million. Well, I think he's going to pick up his option. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, you, you only have so many times you can get another max deal. Kevin Durant, uh, he declined his option coming off a, a season where he knew that he would be out for the next year, but he got the money, uh, got those guaranteed years. I think that's definitely a route Kawhi will take, whether it's staying in Los Angeles or moving on. Jeremy, do you think Kawhi will be uh, remaining with the Clippers? Literally the absolute opposite oh, of Anton. My answer was anywhere, anywhere oh, but the God. Clippers. And I don't know where I don't know where that means. Uh, I like the idea of Dallas because I think I understand what you're saying, Anton, where he will be looked at as wanting to defer to a guy. He's, he doesn't want to be the guy. Do you really think that affects a robot? <laughs> you're right. It's, it's not <laughs> dude, in his the program. Dude, the dude does not care. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's just going to go and be a drama I'm queen a somewhere guy. else without actually showing that he's a drama queen because I think his time in L.A. has shown that you know he, he doesn't care. He wants to be late for flights. He wants to do what he wants to do, uh, regardless of what the team wants. He's got that weird uncle that's his <laughs> agent, and it's just a new, just fights with the Spurs and the Raptors and stuff. Uh, so I kind of like the Dallas option, to be honest with you. Tax-free state could be interesting to pair him with Luka. Um, I'd say if I had to, if you told me to pick one team, I'd say it goes back to Toronto because that's the only medical staff. Oh, he's ever wow, that would be interesting. That would be really funny. I actually like to see that, although that's terrifying for every fan of a team in the Eastern Conference because we saw what they did uh, when he was there. You guys have both mentioned it. I've said it for the past couple of weeks now. I think he's going to Dallas. Um, Luka Doncic. There definitely is some issues there between him, the front office, the coaching staff. Jeremy thinks he's a diva. Not anymore. He got his yeah, puppet yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another player, another player that Jeremy hates and I love, which is a theme uh, for pretty much everyone in the NBA uh, at this point. But yeah, I, I like Luca. I think he needs some direction. Uh, I'm not sure if Kawhi can be a leader because, as you said, Jeremy he just doesn't talk really. But I do think that, or I don't think I know that if you put Kawhi Leonard with Luka Doncic together that's good enough to make a run at the NBA Finals and an NBA Championship. We saw the Clippers this year. They made it to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi, and that was Paul George. And Luka Doncic is twice the player Paul George will ever be, even though he had a great playoff run, and all respect to playoff P. And I say that in a nice way now, not in a sarcastic way, because he re-earned that nickname in a positive light. 100%. This year, I think that if Kawhi moves on, they're going to explore trading him. Yeah. At this point, of course, Jeremy says, eh. Oh, but, um, I know, right? Yeah, but yeah, I think Kawhi goes to... He choked in a couple of games. <laughs> you know, players can't be perfect every game. He we're missed not, two we're not talking about right, That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. No, you're an 85% free throw shooter, <laughs> and you get the tightest butt uh, of all oh time God. and clench two right. free throws. All right, all right. 
It's true. I mean, I, it's not like I'm, I'm saying fal- falsities. Right. I'm not lying. Right. It's true. Kawhi, I think he goes to Dallas, uh, and you guys have said where you think he's going. Moving on, uh, point guard who's been in Toronto for the not the entirety of his career because he was with Philadelphia, but Kyle Lowry. Um, who did I go first to last time? I think it was, it was me. So it was Jeremy. Jeremy. Staying with the Raptors. Next. Anton. Easy. I mean, it's very so easy. Here's the thing is, you know, I kind of have him as like a kind of like that one of those guys that that piece that sort of fills that kind of rounds out your team for a team like, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, so I, I kind of had this idea that maybe Kawhi would want to um, try to get him to, to stay in uh, to, to come to Los Angeles with him. But I'm trying to think maybe it's Miami because Miami had a shot at him a while ago and they didn't really capitalize. So I'm thinking it's Miami. Yeah, I think it's Miami, too. Um, and I'm not sure how much that's going to help their team because I like Kyle Lowry. I'm a huge Goran Dragic guy. They're going to lose him this offseason probably. They're going to decline his team option. They need to to open up some cap flexibility. He's going to go take another role elsewhere. I think that he's a great option for the Celtics. If you can convince him to come in for the mid-level exception uh, and say, hey, we're going to hand you the starting role. I think Goran Dragic, he's still got it for however old he is. He, he's a killer. Uh, he goes out there, he plays his game, and he plays it really well. But I do see Miami paying up for Kyle Lowry, so I think he'll head there. And then rounding out our three free agents, yet another former Toronto Raptor, DeMar DeRozan. I'll go first here, and I think he's going to the New York Knicks because they have a lot of cap space, and they are prone to make a stupid move. And I would not give DeMar DeRozan a max or a near max at this point in his career with his lack of a three-point shot. But it's DeMar DeRozan. He's got the name factor. Uh, so I think the Knicks pay up for him at this point, at least maybe on a two-year deal, uh, something short-term, so they still maintain cap flexibility down the road. Anton. Yeah, I think I have him going to the Knicks too. I kind of saw some, you know, some very under the under the radar Kyle Lowry kind of being thrown into the list of players that maybe end up in New York this offseason. So I, I don't it would think be, that makes sense though. You, I don't know, man. But maybe they just they want someone to sort of pair up with. Uh, D- Julius Randle and RJ, but I don't know. I, I maybe if Kyle Lowry ends up going to the Knicks for whatever reason, then um, maybe Demar wants to you know pair up with his old buddy again in New York. That'd be kind of fun to see. You know, cool. a lineup yeah. of Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett. I mean, that could be that could make some pretty reasonable noise, some some noise in the East. So, I mean, I have him going to the New York. I don't think that that trio gets them any higher than the third seed in the East. Uh, sorry, Knicks fans. That's but, better uh, than the word this year. Head, Headlines-wise, I would love to see it. Yeah. That would be really cool. Anton, that's a really good point to bring up. Um, where do you think he's going, Jeremy? Or do you even, do you even I'm care? Gonna go, I'm going to go right right now right back to the same well. If he doesn't re-sign with the Spurs, which I think is a very likely possibility because I think he likes Popovich from what I've seen. I haven't seen anything to the contrary, I guess. Um, he'll go back mm. to Toronto. I'm just going to have everyone go and join the Toronto <laughs> Raptors and get uh, Siakam out of there and just recreate the Raptors and just meld them all from like the early 2010s to the Kawhi era and just, just, just do all that because I think the, the Raptors are a little bit of a lost cause. I think that they have realized their window is closed, but they're going to try and capitalize one more time with Ujiri and try and keep him around. So they're going to let him go and try and make one more big splash. And I think that if they don't get Kawhi, they're going to go back and get the road. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. First of all, I don't think there's any chance Kawhi goes back to Toronto. Uh, I don't think he has any ill will there. I think simply the fact that it's way too cold for his liking. He's been in a hot weather uh, state for the entirety of his career, except for that one year in Canada. San Antonio, Los Angeles, which is where he's from. 
Uh, I think there's a good chance he stays there. I mean, it's his home. He likes the warm weather states. I don't see him going back to Toronto, especially with his uncle calling the shots, like you were saying earlier. But uh, they got plenty of pieces to work with, and they're definitely another team that we could touch on as a potential uh, player in the free agency and then in the draft because they got, what, the fifth overall pick? They the moved fourth, up a lot. Right? I think the I, something like that. It, it, it's a high pick. And then they've got Spicy P, uh, the spin master. Who they tornado, can throw around. The tornado. Yeah, and any potential deal. So those are three free agents. They all happen to be former Toronto Raptors, which is kind of funny. We're going to move on to two players that are likely to be moved, uh, in my opinion. Maybe not. We'll see. The first one is Ben Simmons. Uh, Anton and I, we talked a lot about this uh, last episode on the podcast, I believe, uh, when we were discussing Damian Lillard trade rumors. So, Jeremy, I want to hear your thoughts first. Where is Ben Simmons going? He's not going anywhere because the Philadelphia 76ers are not going to be willing to admit that they Mm. were wrong. They're not going to want to sacrifice for anything less than uh, an all-star role player and three first-round picks, and he's simply not worth that. He's not. If you can't shoot outside the paint, you take seven or five or something like that, five fourth-quarter shots over the course of a seven-game series, and you're such a free-throw liability that you have to go to the bench. It doesn't matter how many flashy passes you make. You are not worth $170 million. Plain and simple, cut and dried. I hate a lot of players. Ben Simmons is one that I will always be right on for hating because he sucks. He hasn't (laughs) developed in five years, six years, however long he's been in the league. He took a year off just to suck even more once he actually got to the league. There is no excuse for how bad he is for a number one pick, and I will be happy to see Philadelphia hang on to him for the duration of this five-year contract before he goes and gets a mid-level exception deal with his next team and then washes oh out of Man, I am so glad that we did this episode just so everyone could see what we deal with on, yes. a, on a daily basis, talking to Jeremy about oh, the NBA. You can't say that wasn't warm. Oh, no, no, it's fair, and I, I hate Ben Simmons too. I'm going to give him a little bit more credit because as I talked about in the last podcast, uh, he's probably, he's probably the only guy in the NBA that can effectively guard one through five. Like really effectively, he is a defensive. Ooh, name whoa, name a player. Whoa, hit a free throw. That has nothing to do with defense. <laughs> I don't care. Hundred and seventy million dollars. I'm not paying you to defend. I know uh, that much. Oh, come on. Uh, all right. That, I mean, yeah. I I. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, obviously, yeah. I don't like Ben Simmons. I'm just trying to, you know, like take him out of the pits of hell that you just sent him to. I know. But um, I have come, Anton, before I came to you, I've come to the conclusion that he's going to Portland, but not for Damian Lillard. Because uh, I think Dame's going elsewhere this offseason. I do think that he eventually requests that trade, which he denied, but we all know he wasn't really lying, or he wasn't really denying it um, when he spoke to the media after that Team USA practice. I think he's going to Portland for CJ McCollum. Because wow. C.J. McCollum, uh, similar-esque values, I guess C.J. McCollum is overpaid a little bit, in my opinion, in his own right. But he can handle the ball. I personally th- see no problem in Philly handing the ball to Tyrese Maxey and letting him run the point full-time next year. And then you have a guy like C.J. McCollum running out there off of screens or even as a secondary playmaker with Seth Curry also out there. Th- that's a little scary. It's definitely more effective on offense than Ben Simmons Everyone is more effective on offense than Ben Simmons. True. Boban Marjanovic is a bigger threat on offense than Ben Simmons at this point. Uh, so I think that that deal actually makes sense, especially if Damian Lillard does end up requesting that trade. Anton, where's Ben Simmons going? Yeah, I mean, first I want to just hop on the, the Ben Simmons hate train real quick. Um, <laughs> I, Thank you. I You're think welcome Ben Simmons aboard. is the perfect example of how far you can get being six foot ten and super athletic and having practically no skills. I mean, 
Wait, hang on. I just, I just thought of it. Is he just, is he just an Australian Darko Milicic? Let's give him more credit. Let's not act like he's not a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Yes, I can't he, believe he, you guys have me out here defending that's, that's his, Ben Simmons. That's his I own, hate Philly. You guys have me defending him. That's his only thing, though. Like, what else does he? What else does he bring to the table? Size oh, defense. Your only thing is that you're a top three. Congratulations. Yeah. I just got. I just got. I just got a defensive-minded. Oh, your Harry only Giles. thing I'm so is happy. like the fact that you're one of the best defensive players in the league, and one of, and probably the most versatile defensive player in the league. Yeah, Come so on. He's, so he's like. So he's like. A, he's like oh, a better yeah, so. version of Robert Covington. That's kind of how I think about it. What? Like, oh my <laughs> god. Robert Covington, first of all, can shoot I got, threes. I got. A, I got a souped-up version of Dean Wade, guys. Dean Wade. That's perfect. Exactly. Exactly right. So, yeah, so so what I would say is, you know, if, if I had to pick anywhere for him to go, I think maybe he goes to the Warriors. I don't know. The Warriors have a ton of assets. Um, they had the seven and the fourteen. So now they're gonna get two guys who can't shoot in their starting <laughs> five. They're gonna have Draymond chucking, building yeah. a wall from the other well, side with his bricks, and the other corner's gonna have Simmons, who's <laughs> going to sit in the corner of the three-point line and wet himself. Well, because it he doesn't just, know what it to do. It would just really there. like it would have it would some great defensive support in the backcourt, right? You won't take uh. away shots from Stephen Clay, and he can move the ball around. He has that defense. You know, I, I, all I'm saying is. I feel like back in when the Warriors had D'Lo, I was almost certain that Ben Simmons should have been traded for D'Lo on the Warriors. It would it would it would have, it would have worked pretty well in my opinion. But if I had to pick anywhere, it'd probably be the Warriors. But I gotta be honest, I've always hated Ben Simmons. I never thought he was that good. I never thought he was deserving of the number one pick back in like whatever twenty fourteen was that right? No, twenty thirteen. No, it was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, he's not whatever. that old, guys. It doesn't matter. He's he's like he's garbage. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think if he goes to Golden State, we're gonna need to get him his own personal lifeguard. Oh, the Splash Brothers out there from Ooh. Beyond the Arc, he's not gonna be able to swim. Oh, to he won't God. need to shoot, but but he and Draymond are redundant at, at this point. Like that that fit doesn't work unless Draymond's going elsewhere, which we know that they're gonna hold on to him probably until Steph and Clay are done, uh, just because they're so tight. But that's it for Ben Simmons. So we're gonna move on now to uh, a little bit of NBA draft talk. Um, I've been a huge NBA draft guy for for years now, since, since middle school. Uh, I've been studying it forever. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year, probably my favorite night of the year besides the NBA Finals if the Celtics were playing in it. We're going to take a quick look at the upcoming uh, draft class, which is one of the most stacked in history at this point, or at least that's what it's being heralded as. Cade Cunningham, he's the consensus number one overall pick. I want to hear who your favorite player from this draft class is. If it's Cade, perfectly fine. But but who is your guy from this draft class? Jeremy, I'll throw it to you. I really don't think you want to throw it to me here, but I'm going to say I don't really love any of the players in this draft class to the degree that I've loved some of the past draft classes. Hang on. As a bas- college basketball layperson, I follow the four major sports, soccer, college football. Those are my big six. I will not pay attention to college basketball until a week before March Madness to watch the co- the the, uh, the conference tournaments. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, and then March Madness. That will be the only time I watch college basketball all year. Zion made me watch during the regular season. Big guys like that made me watch during. Brandon Ingram, even, for some odd reason, made me watch during the regular season, which I rarely do. Frank Kaminsky, another guy, which is why I still like him. Miles Bridges being a Spartan, I don't count him because I root for the Spartans in college basketball. That's a whole other story. Um, none of these guys made me want to watch the regular season this year. For whatever reason, and I know that Gonzaga obviously was an absolute buzzsaw until they ran into Baylor late. Drew and Timmy. I, I, 
Okay, we're <laughs> not going to talk about overall. him because A, he went back to Zaga, and B, Timmy and Chet Holmgren, um, the best front court in NBA history. History, history. And sorry, in, in college history, <laughs> the whitest. They're going to blind opponents. Um. Anyway, <laughs> none of these guys jump off the page like a Zion did, even like a Jaw did when they were coming out. Uh, a Jaleel Okafor, even. I, I Kate Cunningham being the number one player from Oklahoma State. I say what you will about Blue Bloods, and I don't like them either, but guess what? They do have their draw. They, they are what makes college basketball exciting. They're what make the players what they are. And I don't see any of these players that I would really want on my team saying, okay, I'm going to have them for two decades. They're going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't see that with any of these guys. If you had to ask me which one I would take on my team, I want Davion mm. Mitchell, and I think he is going to be my favorite guy from this class. I want to see where he goes. If he goes to the Knicks, he's dead to me. <laughs> oh, my God. But I know it's not his fault. Um, but, yeah, if you if you force me to pick, I'm going to take Interesting. Davion Interesting. An undersized guard. And, and the funniest thing yes. about Davion Mitchell is we're all uh, – Replaceable for the point guard position because point sure, guards sure. are um, The funniest thing about Davion Mitchell for me, right, is you watch him tear it up at Baylor. You think this dude has to be Donovan Mitchell's brother, right? He plays exactly like him. He's built exactly like him. He looks a lot like him. He wears the same number as Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's, it's, no relation. It's very, I think that's just, so the, that's just the funniest thing. It's so and I think uncanny. It, it's so uncanny. It's so freaky. Like, this is a glitch in the Matrix. But I do I do like Damian Mitchell, Jeremy. So I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, you don't really love your small guards besides Muggsy Bogues. So I, um, I was a little bit surprised by that pick. But no surprise that you don't like anyone in this class because you don't like anyone. Anton. <laughs> Anton, you. who's your favorite player from this draft class? My favorite player is actually Evan Mobley. Everyone, oh so I am a fan. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> fan. Oh, I got crapped off for not liking anyone. He goes Evan Mobley and, Je- and Jeff acting like we've like had this that. conversation before. No, here's the thing, okay? I've been thinking about it a lot, okay? <laughs> and the reason why I want Evan Mobley and not Jalen Green as a Cavs fan is because, A, if we draft Evan Mobley somehow... We don't necessarily have to get rid of Colin Sexton. If we drop Jalen Green, 100% Colin Sexton's gone. We'll get whoever we can for him, okay? The other thing is that Evan Mobley is a guy that fits the, the, the modern NBA perfectly, right? The formula for today's game seems to be you need to have a really versatile big man, right? Someone who can spread the floor, who can facilitate, who can, you know, defend on the perimeter to some degree, right? And Evan Mobley has that the size, the athleticism, the body uh, to be a dominant force. And, you know, there's not a lot of guys. You know, he he he's like a he can shoot, right? He has he's he's really good passing ability, really good touch, really good feel for the game. And I think there's not a lot of guys who have like that triple double defensive player of the year kind of skill set. I'm not saying that's who he is now and that's what he's going to become, but I think he has the potential to be that. Now, do I see anyone else on this team on, in, in this draft who has that? Not really. So I think Evan Mobley is a perfect example of like the kind of unicorn player you need, you need uh, to really com- to compete uh, in the NBA. And I think he'd be a great fit for my Cleveland Cavaliers. So Evan Mobley is my guy. Yeah, I don't understand how you can say he's a great fit when you already have a starting caliber center in, in uh, Jared Allen. He's but, he's a starting caliber, but he's not like gonna become the guy. Like his ceiling is nowhere near Evan Mobley's. You know, you right. can't you so, can't deny. So there's no there's no offense to Evan Mobley, but uh, for my reaction, I apologize, Evan, if you're listening, which I assume you are, because this is a huge podcast. Huge podcast. But um, but uh, I I cannot justify taking a top, spending a top three pick on a center. At this point where we're at in the NBA, 
Um, and this is no offense to the Evan Mobleys of the world, the James Wisemans of the world, who I was a big fan of, by the way, and I still think he's a good player. But you need a guy who can handle the ball, whether that's on the wing or in the backcourt, uh, and really be your primary playmaker if I'm taking a top three pick or at least some guy who projects to be like a primary playmaker my guy in this draft is Jalen Green who Anton touched a little Mm -hmm. bit on Uh, I think there's no chance in hell that he falls past the second overall pick but if he does and somehow Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are still on the board and the Cavs take Evan Mobley over Jalen Green Anton I will never let you hear the end of it especially once he comes and balls out and wins rookie of the year what was that famous but, Jeff Van Gundy line he said in the final? He said, when his play is so his play does all the talking that you can't even hear what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to happen with Evan Mobley's going to shut you up, bro. He's going to come up. Colin Sexton, okay. lob. Evan For, Mobley. Right. Um, Colin the Sexton is the guy we wanted to touch on, but he's not <laughs> even going to be with Cleveland next year. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey, hey. This is, hey, well, no, this isn't about the Cavs. Let me talk about Jalen Green. Sorry about that. Please. Okay. Jalen Green, um, man, his game, it reminds me of a young Kobe honestly almost every aspect of it i mean and a lot like clyde drexler if i had to compare him to a player who's currently in the league it's zach levine or bradley beal on steroids uh, in terms of his ceiling in my opinion you got a yep what yep, I, in, ter- a bradley on, beal in terms in terms of his in terms in terms hey let me let me talk it's my turn in terms of his ceiling obviously I'm not projecting him to become that 100%. This is like if everything goes right in his career. Just like if everything went right in James Wiseman's career, he'd be the next prime DeMarcus Cousins or whatever. Obviously, that's not a good comparison because they're not alike whatsoever. I just threw a name out there. Um, They're completely different, actually. So (laughs) sorry about that. But um, yeah, Jalen Green, I mean, 6'5", combo guard, good wingspan. He can handle the ball, blow by people. He's a three-level scorer. I love everything about his game. I think it translates to the NBA perfectly. That's just the quick pitch I have for him. Uh, I love Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a stud, especially if he goes to Houston to pair up with Kevin Porter Jr., another ex-Cavs player uh, who is doing so great after they left Cleveland, just like Colin Sexton will. Oh, my goodness. Um, Please don't say that. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so those are the three guys that we like from this upcoming draft class. Jeremy with a great pick. And uh, Davion Mitchell, a little bit of, not a sleeper there, but not one of your guys. Myself with a great pick in Jalen Green. And then Anton with a wasted pick on Evan Mobley. Oh, my God. Now, we're going <laughs> oh to move on to our final segment here because we've talked for longer than we ever have for a podcast like this. But, you know, it was a big podcast. We had a lot to cover. I think we've been having some great discussions. I want one bold NBA offseason take from all three of us. And Anton, I just trash your takes, etc. I'm going to shut up now and let you go for it. All right, okay, so I think my hot take, or at least my my take for my bold take for next season, will be that Giannis will be the MVP next season, and he will lead the Bucks to the best regular season in the East. Listen, Giannis mm. now after winning this championship has proven he can be the guy. He can be that like nuclear force on your team to just will your team to victory. I mean, there was times in that game yesterday where I was watching, I was thinking. The Bucks may lose this, right? But Giannis just completely took over and said, we're not losing this game. And he did it on the biggest stage. Um, and he I, he seems to have taken a leap in his offensive game. His bag has gotten bigger, I think. He has some moves he can fall back on. His mid-range jumper looked pretty good in the finals. Um, He's going to run it back with his team. I, I don't really trust uh, that jug. You know, I don't really trust 
uh, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. I mean, has Kyrie ever played a season the whole way through healthy? I don't think so. So um, I think Giannis will be the MVP, and the Bucks will be first in the East. Um, it's going to have to run through Milwaukee again. So that's my hot take. All right. Jeremy, go for it. I have three of them. This is really the only segment that I wanted to come on and talk about because I found three good ones that I thought of. This, this, this. I mean, let's face it. This is the most fun part of it. Bold takes. I love this. Um, Take number one is probably the coldest one, and it is that Kyrie's going to retire. Oh, I like that take. Um, We talked a little bit about that. I I could easily see him doing that. He is the most temperamental player in the NBA. He's an absolute head case, and I could totally see him doing it. Number two, uh, Russell Westbrook goes to LA. But not the L.A. that you think. The L.A. Clippers. I think that they go and try and pair him with Paul George again and try and make it work in L.A. with a slightly Mm. better cast. Is this without Kawhi Leonard there? Uh, Okay. Without Mm. Kawhi Leonard there, yes. Um, That would be number two. Everyone, I I believe I saw a notification earlier when I was driving back from Maine that uh, he is rumored to be going to the Lakers. Is that correct? uh, Westbrook? Oh, they're interested in him and Chris Paul. But, I mean, the Lakers, every time you come up, they're like the Celtics. Every time a major player is up. No, they're like the Heat. Yeah, all all three of these teams, every time a major. The the Lakers and the Heat are the ones. And the Celtics. Come on now. They, They are. They are, and we're Celtics fans, you and I. But no, yes, yes, no, they are. Every not. time, not for free agents, for trades, uh, they are not for free agents. Free agents is always the Heat and the Lakers and the Mavs. Well, Russell Westbrook is a best op- Russell Westbrook is a is under contract, I believe. I don't think he's a free agent. Ooh. I think he's still under contract. Oh, I thought he was on no, those. I no, thought no, he was on he's the last he's under year contract, player option. I believe. Um, regardless of that, uh, but yeah, they're rumored to be interested in one of those guys coming in. Uh, even if the money doesn't work, which it doesn't, especially with Russell Westbrook and the deal he's on. But, you know, that's the Lakers. Like you're saying, every time a player comes up, they're going to be interested. So that was your second. Yep, third one and the most hot one. The Denver Nuggets are going to trade Jamal Murray. For Damian Lillard? Damaged goods goods for one. Hmm. No, I think they're going to go and get CJ. What? Again, point point guards are replaceable. (sighs) You can go and run Michael Porter at the three. And Aaron Gordon at the four. You can go as small as you need to. You have shooting from one through four if you can get a solid shooting point guard to complement Jokic. You can di- dish. That seems such anything. a lateral move. Uh, I think Jamal. It's not even. I think no Jamal Murray coming off of the ACL. I disagree. You can go. It doesn't have to be CJ. I'm just yeah, throwing out because I think that's I don't a know how much you're, I don't know how much Jamal Murray is going to fetch you on the trade market. That's a huge market. like loss in terms of net value because yeah. you got Jamal Murray. Yes, he tore his ACL, but we know. I don't think Jamal Murray's that that's good. Right. All right. We, we, we right. get that, I but I think you're overvaluing yeah. CJ McCollum, his age, and his contract. Jamal Murray's not going to get traded unless okay. you're bringing in a, a serious all-star caliber player, if that's going to be in that age so it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be Jamal Murray. What if you trade him and go and get some more role players and then just go sign Kyle Lowry? Mm-hmm. Again, an option that you could use. I think that Kyle Lowry is probably a better shooter than Jamal Murray. He probably can pass better. I don't know. People have been all over Jamal Murray since that conference finals run, and yeah, he played out of his mind for like that two-week stretch in the bubble without fans. A, it's a two-week stretch. B, it's in a bubble. C, there's no fans. And D, he wasn't that good before. And I think that he's more like the player that we saw for the first two and a half years of his contract uh, rather than the player that we saw in Orlando for that brief stretch. So I think that if Denver was smart and they wanted to keep Jokic, show him that you're going to go and get him somebody else. Trade Jamal Murray because he's damaged goods and I don't think he's that good and go and get somebody and try and make another run at it. In the wow, list. that is a hot take. Um, 
I thank you. I don't agree with it. <laughs> I don't agree with Jamal Murray that, being damaged goods at cool. 25 years old, coming off an ACL tear. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, in this era where stars come back from serious injuries like that all the time, especially at a young age, I'm not sure you can call him damaged good. It's it's like the equivalent of calling Kobe damaged goods after he tore his Achilles, right? He was damaged oh, goods. He was never listen, the same. Jeremy didn't like. Jeremy didn't think it was impressive when Jamal Murray. No, no. Three you can't say. You can't three sixty jelly <laughs> jelly in the playoffs, and he was like not that impressive. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's like, I I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cameras weren't on. The cameras were insane. <laughs> no, I, absolutely all right, insane. All right. uh, anyway, I'll throw mine out. Um, I, I have two quick ones. The first one, which is a little less hot, is that the Pelicans are a top five seed in the Western Conference mm. next year. <laughs> less hot, I know. That's because my next one's very hot. But um, yeah. Oh my! What, what the heck is the more hot um, one? But anyway, I, I think that you know New Orleans, they're gonna make moves. They got a new head coach in that Zion apparently was very happy about. Uh, I think they're gonna explore trading Brandon Ingram uh, to get a more feasible, parable star with Zion. Uh, we know they're going to move on from Eric Blood, so uh, Steven Adams, too. That roster is going to look completely different, and I think it's going to be for the better when the regular season rolls around. And that brings me to my final hot take, which is the Golden State Warriors. Stan Van Gundy, next head coach of the Celtics. After- no, <laughs> be, I would cry. Um, and my, my hot take is that the Golden State Warriors are your 2021-2022 NBA mm. champions. Okay, you started with the Warriors, and as soon as you said that the Pelicans one wasn't that hot, I was going to say, the Warriors will acquire both Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard (laughs) in the offseason. Ship out Draymond and Clay, and run Steph, Damian Lillard, um, and uh, Kawhi en route to a title as they ship out Wiggins. So I think that if you're the Warriors, you got a couple options here. (laughs) Anton's already Yeah, I think that... I think that Damian Lillard is a very realistic target for you. I think if you get him, you definitely can win the title. And I think that if you, even if you stay the course, keep your young guy in James Wiseman, you deal those two picks away for a starting caliber player. We know they're interested in a guy like Marcus Smart, who I think pairs with Steph Curry phenomenally in the backcourt. You just bring in another starting caliber player with those two picks, a good player, and then you roll out a lineup of, let's say it is Marcus Smart, the Celtics, uh, Curry at the one. Uh, Smart at the two, Clay at the three, then Wiggins maybe is a stretch four or even coming off the bench. Uh, and he can finally fulfill the Harrison Barnes role of that guy who comes in and helps out. And then you got James Wiseman at the five, or not at the five, and then Draymond at the four. Like, that's a terrifying lineup. That's a championship caliber lineup. So that's, that's my hot take. I think the Warriors win the championship next year. Uh, I, it's funny how we've all gone from hating them to kind of rooting for them because no. they've gone through so no. much. Yeah, not Anton. No one has. Anton no, hates them. Not me. I never stopped rooting for them. I never stopped rooting against the Warriors. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. In my opinion, this was our most entertaining episode yet, especially yes. with all the hot takes that we had. Um I'm Jeff Pratt. You can find me on Twitter at Hotline Fantasy. I'm a DraftKings social intern, head of NFL at The Breakdown. Jeremy, throw your socials out there. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jeremy C. Guerin. That would be J-E-R-E-M-Y-C-G-U-E-R-I-N. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Jeremy does some great stuff uh, for graphics over at Primetime Sports Talk. Check out their Instagram account and Twitter for more. And Anton, uh, as always, throw us your social. Uh, my name is Anton Lee. You can follow me on uh, at, on Instagram at Anton Lee. That's A-N-T-O-N-L-E-E with two underscores after that. Yes, Anton Lee, accomplished producer and director for a film that I should have starred in. Uh, but that's a story 
for another time. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, we're going to go back to NFL next for all of you guys who have been, all of you listeners, including Evan Mobley, who have been listening, uh, waiting for us to talk about the NFL. That's going to be coming up next uh, week. And then after that, we're going to do an NBA draft reaction episode slash free agency preview. Stay tuned for all of that. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Have a good one.